0: Praise the Lord. But welcome to Family Week. We're delighted to have you again to all of our guests. Thank you for being with us this morning. If you have your Bibles, you're going to want them today. Yes, we do have screens. I may or may not have been, it's probably why this one's going out over here. Uh, I may or may not be praying here lately for all that stuff to go out, so we'll start bringing our Bibles again. Amen. Did I say that out loud? I did not mean to say that out loud. It just kind of kind of comes out every now and then. We need our Bibles, amen? We need our Bibles more than ever before. We got to get in them, got to study them, got to know them, got to look at them, amen? If you clean the dust off of your Bible this morning, shame on you, amen, amen. Acts chapter 27, Acts 27 is where we will begin this morning. Acts 27. Don't read ahead of me. Calm down. Why y'all got it up there already? Wait. Give them time to actually get there. Just said I want them to bring their Bibles. Hey, Amen. I'm not getting on to you. I'm just being funny. Not really. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This is a portion of Scripture that... I don't know about in your Bible, but my Bible, it begins at, at 27. Verse 27, it actually at the top of it, it says the shipwreck. It talks about the shipwreck. Know what's going on here. And when you get to verse 40, where we're going to begin reading today, a very important word that I want us to hold on to, and I will have you uh, have you repeat it with me here in just a moment. But I want to tell you this, what I'm going to preach about today is something that every man, every woman, every single parent home, whether that's a dad or a mom, I want you to hear today for every single person, I want you to hear today, everybody in the building most definitely, but I want you to hear this word that we're going to preach about today and I want it to rest in your spirit kind of like what I did on Easter Sunday, my intentions today are that you will hold on to what I'm going to talk about. Acts 27 and verse 40, it says this, and when they had taken up the anchors, somebody say anchors. Anchors. Look at your neighbor and say anchors. anchors. And when they had taken up the anchors, Listen to this portion right here. They committed themselves unto the sea and loose the rudder bands hmm. and hoist up the mainsail to the wind and made toward the shore. Sounds like everything's going to be all right. Hmm. and falling into a place where two seas met. They ran the ship aground. Not that bad. And the forepart struck fast, stuck fast, and remained unmovable. But the hinder part, listen to this, was broken with the violence of the waves. This morning, I want to preach from this thought. The anchor holds. The anchor holds. Family, the anchor is what's going to hold us. The anchor is what's going to keep us. The anchor Hold. Would you lift your hands all across the building? Lay your Bibles down if you'd like to or you can raise them to the heavens as well. And I want us to lift our voices to him right now. Can we do that all across the building? Come on church. Would you lift your voice? In Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Turn around to somebody and say, Hold on to the anchor. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. This morning, I have a Bible. In this book, I've only looked in it a few times. I've not read all of the underlines and all of the highlights and all of that. But in the passing of my grandmother, I wasn't lucky enough to get my grandfather's, but nonetheless, my grandmother, Ruth Gilbert, she was a praying woman. Who she was at the end of her life is not who she was. Uh, all kinds of things in the mind and things that hurt and pain and all that stuff that gets you and, and and dementia and all that. That's not who she was. She was a praying woman. A praying woman that got into the Word. A praying woman that taught Bible studies. A praying woman that built churches with my grandfather. And, and this is her Bible. It's her Bible. This is uh, one of her Bibles. I'm sure she had many. But I had the privilege and the honor of getting one of these. And today it is going to serve as our anchor, this Bible. And I want you as the body of Christ to understand that you must have an anchor. I'm not talking about going to the boat store and getting you an anchor, but I'm talking about you must have an anchor to hold you to truth, to hold you to righteousness, to hold you to what cannot and will not ever fail you. That's what you've got to do, and that's what I've got to do. It's not about just coming to church. It's not about the message that I preach. I'm talking about you. I say it often, probably uh, too much. Maybe, uh, maybe we should get it. Maybe I shouldn't have to say it as much. But you, sir, you, ma'am, you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And the only way that you're going to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling is if you have an anchor that will hold you, that will keep you to truth and to righteousness and to the unchanging hand of Jesus Christ. Turn your attention to not a story, but just some information, if you will. If you would, put that picture up for me, media team. Some of you that are military savvy, you'll probably recognize this particular boat immediately. The USS Dwight D. Eisenhower, also known as Ike. Isn't it fitting that his statue sits outside of our property here very close? Ike is 24 stories tall, 1,092 feet It is as long as the Empire State Building is tall. The flight deck is comprised of four and a half, four and a half acres, and it supports over 100 embarked aircraft. Ike's two nuclear reactors. Listen to this: can provide energy for more than 18 years of operation without refueling, and can furnished power to propel the ship in excess of 30 knots. It weighs 95,000 tons. It carries over 6,000 soldiers. It provides 18,000 meals a day. It is a floating city. It is strategically equipped with two anchors. Somebody say anchors two anchors because it is understood that one of the one of it is understood that one of the most dangerous things in the open waters is a drifting vessel each anchor weighs 60,000 pounds each and it's attached to a chain that weighs listen to this 665,000 pounds and stretches 1,082 feet. Just one link in the chain weighs 365 pounds. I know that's pretty heavy. There was one time in my stupid years that I thought I was going to try to power clean 300 pounds. Now, I did get it up, but I immediately threw it down. And that's all I'm going to say about that story. I'll just say I still have issues with what happened on that particular day. So 365 pounds is a lot of weight. Each link is joined to another link. And if you trace them back, you will come to, somebody say the anchor. The anchor. anchor. As awe-inspiring as Ike, the USS white D Eisenhower is it pales in comparison to the vessel called the church to the anchor called the church to the one that we sit around it is not this building ladies and gentlemen but this is the church somebody say I'm the church, I'm the church. this anchor that that the Ike carries or has these anchors that that it has, I'll tell you this, this anchor right here, the church is bigger and better and more powerful and more meaningful than anything else. The mastermind behind the church equipped it with anchors. Every time that I For those that have gone before me, get behind this, I know it's pretty from Australia, holy desk, we call it our holy desk. Every time I step behind this pulpit, every time I step behind the helm, if you will, I am trying my best, mom, dad, single mom, single dad, single person in the house, young adult that's in the house, I am trying my best to anchor us to the vessel. I am trying my best to make sure that we will not get wayward away from the vessel. Because the most dangerous thing is a spirit in the spiritual realm, is a spirit that is drifting, is a church that is drifting. This week we talk about this and we're okay with it. Next week we're not okay. This week it's okay to do this, and next week it's not okay to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, we better stay on what the Bible calls the straight and narrow. We must follow the straight and narrow. We must make sure that we are pure, and we are holy, and we are righteous. And the only thing that can keep us on the straight and narrow, the only thing that will keep us from drifting, the only thing, that will keep us from drifting. Is if we anchor ourselves. We anchor ourselves to what Jesus Christ calls his word. I like to call it this. And I've called it this for many, many years. The infallible word. We've got to anchor ourselves to the word. My grandmother and my grandfather. Both sides. They anchored themselves. Brother Jordan. To this word word. No matter what came their way, no matter what trials or situations or tribulations, Brother Ben, they anchored to the infallible word of God. They anchored themselves to a church, to a people of God that founded themselves on the word. And so this morning, I submit to you as a body of Christ, the anchor holds, but only if you hold on to the anchor. So many times we, oh yeah, I'm holding on to the anchor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be right there and all hell is breaking loose. And, and I'm going to hold on to the anchor, but we throw the anchor out, but we don't hold on to the anchor. Ladies and gentlemen, it is so important that we fasten, we make sure that this anchor is tied around and we are tied around it. It's tied around us. It's so close. It's not ever going to fall away. I'm not going to let it move. I'm not going to let it get out. I'm not going to let it get away from me. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on to the anchor. I'm going to make sure the anchor is where it needs to be. And ladies and gentlemen, we've got to make sure that anchor holds. You see, this anchor is truth. This anchor is righteousness. This anchor is holiness. This anchor is separation from the world. This anchor doesn't look like everybody else. This anchor doesn't act like everybody else. This anchor says, lay hands on them and they shall recover. This anchor says, call for the elders of the church and they will anoint you with oil and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. This anchor says, hold on to my unchanging hand. Make sure that your steps are ordered by me. Don't go out on your own, but hold on to the anchor. And when you toss that anchor, you make sure it takes root. You may be seated. If you would help me with that definition, brother or sister, Christina, drift, drifted, drifting, drifts, to be carried along by currents of air or water, to wander. From a set course or point of attention. Listen to this part. Stray. To vary from oscillating randomly about a fixed setting, position, or mode of operation. To be piled up in banks or heaps by the force of a current. We do, church, have a family chain. And we are responsible for our link. Dad, listen to me. I want you to listen to me, Dad. If we cut ourselves loose, it will be next to impossible for the next generation to live for God. If you decide, and I decide, brother David, to just cut ourselves loose, then you and I can rest assured that our babies aren't going to live for Jesus Christ. If I decide I'm not going to pray, if I decide that I'm not going to be separated from the If I decide that I'm not going to be pure at heart, if I decide that I'm not going to read the Bible, if I decide that, uh, you know, something church really isn't that important, I'll go uh, five or six times a week. I'm about to get real mean. I'm not mean. It's just facts. Go think about it. I'm not going to come to church. I stumped my toe yesterday. Man, it really hurts. I'm sorry. I've never said this out. I don't think I've said this out in the open, but Sister Ginger's situation made me compassionate and made me want to say get a grip and grow up. Because I can take you to my phone. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, and it's probably our family leaders get them now, and they they filter them. They don't tell me about them, so I appreciate that. And some people just don't say anything. They just don't show up. Oh, I don't, I don't really feel good today. Okay. You didn't do that for your job, I promise you. And I'm not saying if you're really sick, there's people that have strep throat today and they didn't come to church. I thank you because I don't want to get sick. I don't want to say, I got all that. Okay, that's understood. But some of us, we had a really hard day, so we didn't feel like it. What? Seriously? I promise you if you treat your job like that I know we got sick days I know I, you know something we should probably start no I can't do that sick days and vacation days from church man we'd all be fired amen but if we decide to cut ourselves loose from the link, if we try to, we get in there, and you know how those those cheap chains you can you can bend them with a pair of needle nose pliers, and, and I, I'm going to cut myself loose. What's going to happen is the generation that comes after you will never live for God. They will not. They'll think if it's not important to you, Daddy, it's not going to be important to them. Man, I want my babies to live for God. Jesus, God let them live for you, Jesus. <laughs> Oh Jesus, I want my babies to live God. But I don't come to church. I don't pray. Or they can hear me. Hey, this is family weekend. We have fun yet? Hmm. Let me tell you about something about Satan. Satan wants you and me to believe that we don't matter. Oh, nobody's going to miss you. It's not a big deal. Everybody else is going to be there tonight. You don't need to come. And if you think I'm preaching about you don't go on vacation, don't think that because I'm not. I want to go on vacation too, and I want want you all to be okay with that. I'm not talking about that. But just miss to miss. Miss because it ain't. Why? I mean, we're fulfilling the word of God when we do that. (laughs) The Bible says... This is Texas terms. Don't forsake the assembly of yourselves. Because Jesus is coming back, and we're going to see that happen a lot more often. Yeah. You know, it ain't a real big deal. My, my, parent, or my, my babies are coming. Uh, mom's coming, and so it's not a big deal, so I'm, I'm not going to come. But my babies, they know that mom's there, or vice versa. If it ain't important to you, it ain't going to be important to them. Right. And you're falling into the trap. Somebody say you're falling into the trap. You're falling into the trap trap of Satan. That Satan is saying, hey, you're not, you really don't matter. You're really not that important. So it doesn't matter if you go or not. Your choices do matter. I said, your choices do matter. The adversary wants you to think that divorce doesn't matter. The adversary wants you to think that, hey, adultery really doesn't matter. The adversary wants you to think that your choices aren't real. It's not really important. The adversary wants you to think that everything doesn't matter, that pornography doesn't matter, what you watch doesn't matter. If you read the Bible, it really doesn't matter. You can if you want to or you don't have to. It does matter. All of the above matter. Mama, listen to me. First of all, I'm going to get away from my notes here and just talk about this. Do you know that your kids don't drift into being smart? I promise. I hope that that would happen. It doesn't happen. Brother, Brother Jonathan, like, Genevieve is not going to pass her spelling test by osmosis. I mean, you know how to spell everything, everything, okay? (laughs) He knows, he knows. English major here, like, I mean, he's got it. But little G is not going to get that by osmosis. What's going to happen is he's going to teach her the things that got him to where he is. And one of these days, she's probably going to be able to spell everything. Because daddy is going to teach her his ways. And mama too, probably. But it's not going to happen by... It's going to happen by diligent work. My sweet boy, in whom I'm well pleased, we understand that, Tate, you've got to write them. You've got to say them. You've got to spell them. That's how you... Me and you are going to be the same dude. That's how we work. That's how it was. i got to write it, say it, spell it. 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 And then maybe I might get them all right. Tate, you're going to have to do the same thing. That's how dad was. Now, Maris spells it all right. Creed is even getting better. He, they get, but, but for me and my little man Tate, we the same people here. But he's not going to get it by osmosis. He's got to... Adapt, and he's got to work, and he's got to do it. It's the exact same thing in the kingdom of God, ladies and gentlemen. We're not going to drift into just knowing our Bible someday. We're not going to drift in just to, oh, all of a sudden I'm going to have a prayer life. No ladies and gentlemen and I love my grandma and I love my grandfather both of them and I'm thankful for them but I'll tell you something I love my daddy and my mama but I'll tell you something unless I anchor to what they taught unless I decide to anchor to the truth when the when the ways of this world start pulling and shaking me if I'm not anchored if I'm not anchored to the truth, if I'm not anchored to the righteousness that I learned, that I got a hold of, what's going to happen? I'm going to be tossed to and fro. The waves of this world are too strong if I don't get anchored. I can promise you this. If you'll get anchored, the anchor's going to hold. If you'll get anchored to truth for yourself, the anchor's going to hold. You may be seated. We do not drift into virtue. We do not drift into commitment. Our families will not drift into godliness. It's important, sir. Ma'am, it's important that we understand that. Somebody say godliness. That is polar opposite of worldliness. Right. Polar opposite of worldliness. Yes, sir. If it looks like the world, if it acts like the world, if it smells like the world, and we have it in our home, we have it in our families, guess what? We're going to anchor to the world. You know, there's a scripture about that. Talked about it on Tuesday morning at men's prayer. A little leaven. Leaven is the whole lump. Well, no, I can be anchored to the world, and I can also be anchored to the church. No, there's scripture for that, too. A double-minded. What is he? He's unstable in all of his ways. That sounds like a perfect, a perfect scenario for shipwreck. In my opinion. If you're unstable in all of your ways, guess what? You're going to be shipwrecked. It's just a matter of time. Man, you're preaching hard today, Pastor Darren. Let me just tell you, I'm getting it more and more as I get older. I wish I'd have got it when I was younger. I have friends that got it more than I did. But I'm getting it now. That the ways of this world, all of them, are for sure destruction. All right. All right. Yeah. Hold on. Let me find a piece right here. The ones that are as big as that piece of rope right there. Can y'all see that? You can't see it, can you? The, one, the ways of this world are, that are as big as that little piece of strand of rope and the ones that are as big as this building and what we're standing in right now, all of them lead to full-on destruction. So I encourage you, you better get anchored to the Word of God. Let the Word of God show you and teach you and guide you. Don't take my word for it. Don't do what Pastor Darren said. Do what the Word says. When our families have lost their anchor, it can quickly produce children who are insecure, spiritually desolate, and without a moral compass. Because the wages of sin is death. And if I just say, you know something? They'll get it someday. No. They'll get it someday. Absolutely not. I've preached about it a thousand times. My anchor, for those of you that are new in the area are new at Truth Church, my anchor was Bishop Gilbert at 102 West Harrison Street in the Cinder Block Prayer Room. As I was a little tyke, and we'd pray on a Saturday night, and I'd yank away, or I'd try to get away, and he would talk in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave him the utterance, and I didn't give a rip about, but I was just a little kid, and I was anchored to a daddy that prayed I was anchored to a daddy that said no hero Israel the Lord our God is one Lord hey it's important that we come to prayer son we better get to prayer you better learn how to pray I don't care about prayer daddy I want to go sit by mommy I want to do this I want to do that no get into prayer pray be anchored into prayer get anchored into truth Was I perfect? No. Are your kids going to be perfect? No. Are my kids going to be perfect? No. But there's something about an anchor. You get tossed to and fro. You get beat about. But at the end of the day, though you're tattered and though you're worn down and though you did things you shouldn't have done, you look back. Oh, I'm okay. Why am I okay? Because I'm anchored to the church. I'm anchored to righteousness. I'm anchored to truth. I'm anchored to his unchanging hand. I'm anchored to him. I didn't do everything I was supposed to do, but my hands hurt. My body's hurt. My ship is messed up. But look, I'm anchored to the unchanging hand of Jesus Christ. Come on, lift your voices to him right now all across this building. come on daddy come on daddy who cares how much you know about the bible what do your babies know about the bible who cares how much you pray do your babies pray Tankers are important. They are put on a ship for a reason. Why? They rebel against the swift pulling current. They hold the ship steady in the middle of a wind toss violent sea. They keep the ship from wandering and remain on course. They preserve the future of the passengers. It may determine life or death in the wake of a storm. That's what an anchor holds you to. Pastor Dearing, you mean if life doesn't turn out how I want it? If I don't isolate myself and let go of the anchor and I just stay anchored and I keep on coming to church when all hell's breaking loose and all problems persist and my kids are backsliding and I'm on fire for God, but my wife's not on fire for God or I'm on fire for God and my husband's not on fire God. do you mean that if I stay hold of it, if I keep it, you mean that when I get tossed to and fro by everything that's going on, do you mean that I'm gonna be okay? That's exactly what I mean. why? Just like in the natural. I'm going to read it again. Anchors are important. They are put on a ship for a reason. They rebel against the swift pulling currents. Let me put it to you this way. When you anchor to the church, when you anchor to the word, when the swift pulling currents of the age try to get your children and try to get your husband and try to get your wife, if you hold on to the anchor of the word of God, you may get tossed to and fro. All hell may break loose. You may lose some things off of the ship, if you will. But if you hold on, listen to what it says. They preserve the future of the passenger. It may determine life or death in the wake of a storm. Every single situation, Brother Beto, that I know of personally, every situation, that I know of personally, where all hell has broken loose and people have walked away and trial and tribulation and issue and problem and self-inflicted pain. Brother Beto, Brother Jonathan, every single one of those people, they've come back to the church. I may not see the chain you may not see the chain, but they realize, I remember when I was anchored to the church, when I was anchored to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, when I lived my life by the word. Didn't matter what came my way. Didn't matter what problems were coming. When I stayed anchored and I didn't let go and isolate myself, I did all right. I made it to the problem. Why? Because I was anchored to the church. And listen to me. Mark my words. The anchor always holds when you anchor yourself to Jesus Christ. When you anchor to his word. When you anchor to the church of the living God. It always, always holds. And it just makes me think this. What if those individuals wouldn't have let go? What if in their problem, Sister Delisa, and the issues of life and the, the issues that were going on in their families or whatever, if they would, would have rebelled against the spirit of the age? if they would have rebelled against the tossing waves and the boisterous waves, if they would have rebelled and said, no, no, see this anchor that I've got, it rebels against all that. This anchor that I have, the truth, it rebels against all of that stuff. Yes, I'm going to get thrown this way. I'm going to get thrown that way. But I'm going to hold on to it. I'm not going to let go. Oh, if I can get to the shore. No, 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 hold on to it. Because if I get to the shore, I'm going to get off course. So I'm not going to let go. What would have happened if they would have held on? In the natural, it may determine life or death in the wake of a storm. I'll tell you this. It may determine life or death when it comes to salvation. Because the Bible tells us that we're not promised tomorrow. Right. Mm. I'm not promised tomorrow. So if I was to throw in the towel in the middle of this turmoil and this treacherous waves and boisterous sea, if I was to throw in the towel or throw in the anchor, there's no telling what could happen. And sometimes people get back to truth. People get back to godliness. People get back to holiness. People get back to what held them true and firm in the word of God. But it's not always promised to us. Parents, godly, Bible-defined parents are important. Male and female joined in marriage by God-fearing men of God who are who have rather biblical convictions concerning the preservation of biblical marriage and will not allow the anchor of truth to be cut from the church. They are put on this earth for a reason. I'm going to say it again, God-fearing. Biblical men of God who say that, listen, marriage is between a male and a female. That's biblical. We're we're preserving biblical marriage. They are put here for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm telling you right now that it is the truth in God's word of how marriage should be. But the spirit of the age is perversing that on a daily basis. Parents, you're here feel the Holy Ghost right now. I mean, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I want you to listen to me, Mama. Every Mama, I want you to raise your hands and close your eyes right now. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Mama, you're on this earth. You're on this earth to rebel against the swift pulling current of sin. You are on this earth to rebel against the swift pulling current of sin. You've got to protect the passengers on board. Mama, listen, you better place your hair over the top of those babies. You better place your hair over the top of those children that are in your home. You better place your hair over the top of your husband. You better make sure that you are protecting Daddy, listen to me right now. Daddy, would you raise your hands, close your eyes all across this building? Come on, you're here to rebel. I said, you're here here to rebel against that swift pulling current of sin. Everything that's trying to take your wife, trying to take your babies, trying to take your family. You better make up in your mind that I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on to the anchor. I'm not going to let go of the anchor. My babies are going to know that we got to be separated from the world. We can't compromise. We, we can't compromise in any form or any fashion. Honey, listen to me. I know you don't think it's important, but listen to me. Listen to your husband here for a moment. We got to hold on to it. It does matter. This anchor, it holds the ship steady. I can remember just a year ago now. I can remember... I pick my kids up from school. Dad, what does divorce mean? Why are you asking that question? Well, so so-and-so and so and so and so's mom and dad. They told us that they're getting a divorce. Hmm. well son it's not good unfortunately sometimes it happens unfortunately sometimes issues arise sometimes people choose not to forgive and they make bad decisions and they do things they shouldn't do and Bad stuff happens. And so, a man or a woman, they committed themselves to each other. Son, they decide to part ways. But buddy, that's not how it should be. Right. And so I had to establish an anchor. No, Bubba, that's not the norm. It does happen, but that's not the norm. We got to hold on to the anchor. I understand that in this building right now, our congregation is made up of homes that are split-family homes, and many of them, there is rightful, biblical standard of divorce had a reason for it. that's what I'm trying to say and and it happened I get that but I hope we understand that's not the norm and so what we got to do is we got to teach our children real children that are our babies and we got to teach children that are in the church new converts that no it's not It's not the norm. And so, what you gotta do is you gotta hold on to that anchor. When things get right, when things get pure, when things get holy, when we're living how we should live and everything's right, let's get anchored. Let's get anchored to what it should be. No, baby, it's not how it should be. No, that's not what should have happened. But let's get anchored to what the Bible teaches. Let's get anchored to truth. We got to keep the family. We got to keep the family. And we gotta we gotta get away from everything that this world calls the norm. It's not normal for a man to marry a man. It's not normal for a woman to marry a woman. It's only normal from the word of God for a man to marry a woman. It's only, it's only normal for there to be no divorce. It's only normal for none of the bad things to happen that's what we got to anchor to and so it happened so issues in life and adultery and things came about and, and all of those things happened one makes a difference one person deciding to be anchored makes a difference Romans 5 therefore As by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, listen to this, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience... Many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, (laughs) of one shall many be made righteous. One makes a difference, sir. Ma'am, one makes a difference. You can change the course. You can change the course of life. So things have happened in your home. Things have happened in your family. Things have happened in your life. it Just because you did drugs doesn't mean your baby's going to do drugs. Just because you neglected God for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours and days. Listen, you don't have to have your kids neglecting God. One can make a difference. Yeah. Exodus 20. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the sea. Thou shalt not bow, listen to this, down thyself to them nor serve them for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children. Listen to this. Unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. <laughs> and I love this. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me. And keep my commandments concerning this scripture like father like son there is generational power in the father's object of worship god is a jealous god and he will have absolutely no rival you cannot throw a rock (laughs) into a pond and have no ripple effect (laughs) there's going to be ripple effect and neither can parents Please listen to me. And neither can parents be involved in polytheistic worship and the children not be touched, influenced, and damaged by the ripple. God said, when the parents are dead and gone, My justice will still visit the bloodline for three and four generations. We just read it. All because parents shifted their focus. So check this out. Because parents shifted their focus. There's some of you under the sound of my voice that I know about your family. I know about your bloodline. I know about your dad and your generation. I know about your mom and I know about how they prayed and I know about how they fasted. I'm only 40 years old but I grew up knowing and I've heard and I've talked to people and I know about how they were true to God's word. Somehow you have shifted your focus from the one true God to the gods that have no eyes that have eyes but cannot see rather you you've done that and you have seen the demise of your sons and daughters you've seen the demise of even your soul some of you need to hear what I'm saying right now this doesn't mean there is automatic judgment coming up on the head of a child whose parents deliberately sin against God. No one will be condemned by divine justice for a sin they did not commit. It is at that critical moment we call choice. We choose whether the church is important or not. We choose whether... The word of God is important or not. We choose that whether we're just gonna listen to Pastor Darren and let it go in one ear out the other, or we're gonna say, you know something, I'm gonna get into the word and I'm gonna study it for myself. When you get into the word and study it for yourself, Brother Jordan, you're getting anchored. You're getting anchored to truth for yourself and you're going to teach your babies. Listen, I know everybody else is doing it. I know everybody else wears this and does that and goes there and listens to this and watches that. But as for me and our house, we're going to serve the Lord. But no doubt... To the mother and father that love me. I want the generational curse snapped. I have a plan for their seed, he says. When mom and dad love the Lord. Somebody say mom and dad. Mom and dad. When mom and dad love the Lord thy God with all their heart with all their soul, with all their might. The Bible says it releases mercy to the thousands of generations. What a misproportion, huh? What a misproportion between the works of judgment and mercy. Judgment works to the third and fourth. Mercy to the thousands of generations. Oh, I'm thankful. I am so thankful. Just because Daddy did it doesn't mean that I'm going to live that way. Just because Mama didn't love God doesn't mean I'm not going to love God. And I would to God, parents, that if you are not sold out, I would to God that your babies would get a hold of the anchor all by themselves and says, hey, you know, Mama's nonchalant. Daddy's nonchalant. Mom and Daddy don't really care if they go to church or not. I would to God that you... Your babies would say, "Hero oh Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I'm going to hold on to the unchanging hand of Jesus Christ, even if my mom and daddy don't. Hallelujah. I'm hurrying. Musicians, if you'd come, let's give these people some hope. Would you lift your hands for a moment? Come on, Daddy. Come on, Mama. Where's the conviction at? Where's the remorse at? You don't care if you miss church. You don't care if you don't pray. Oh, let's get to the PTO meetings. Let's get to the job every single day. Let's get all the food on the table. That's fine and dandy. But what about God? What about His commandments? What about his truth? What about his righteousness? Daddy, what makes greatness is starting something that will live after you. Daddy, so your dad didn't live for God. Your mama didn't live for God. Grandpa, your dad and your grandpa didn't live for God. Your mama didn't live for God. Nobody in your family lived for God. What makes greatness is starting something that will live after you. God is called parents. Primarily, he's called dads. To anchor our families for the next 100 years. You, your sons, and your sons' sons. If you calculate that, it is approximately 100 to 150 years. It says, I'll be gone. I won't know them. They will make their own decisions. You may not know them, Daddy, but they'll know about you. Let me put it into perspective. Not one of my children knew who Ruth Gilbert was when she was alive, but Brother Tex, every one of them are going to know who she was. She didn't know one of my children, but every one of my children are going to know who James Gilbert was, and they're going to know who Ruth Gilbert was, and they're going to know who Warren Emberlin was. They're going to know who my grandma Emberlin was. Why? Because they got an anchor, and they taught my daddy to get an anchor. And they taught my mama to get an anchor. And I decided when I was rebellious and when there was everything going wrong and I was tossed into and fro and I had decisions to make. I got an anchor, Brother Jordan! And I said, I'm going to anchor! I don't know if the Lord's going to tarry! And I don't know if I'll live to see my grandbabies. But I can tell you this, I may not know them, but they're going to know that Darren James Gilbert, he was anchored. He was anchored not because daddy was. And he was anchored not because grandpa and grandma and Gra- grandma and grandpa were anchored and daddy and mama were anchored. But because he decided to get anchored for himself. Stand to your feet. Media team, if you'd go with me on these scriptures. Second Chronicles 33. first portion, the first verse of this passage, it says this. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned fifty and five years in Jerusalem. And now just go with me. But did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord like unto the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel for he built again the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down Uh-huh. and he reared up altars for Baal and made groves and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them skipping down to verse 6 and he calls his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the sons of Hinnom. Also, he observed times and used enchantments and used witchcraft and dealt with the familiar spirit and with wizards. He wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Skipping down to verse 21. Amon was two and twenty years old when he began to reign. And he reigned two years in Jerusalem. But he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as did Manasseh, his father. For Amon sacrificed unto all the carved images which Manasseh, his father, had made and served them. And humbled not himself before the Lord, as Manasseh, his father, had humbled himself, but and trespassed more and more. But listen to this: verse thirty-four or chapter thirty-four, verses one through three. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem one and 30 years. And he did that which was right. Somebody say right. If you're married right now and your wife is close by, I want you to grab her hand. If you're standing beside your children, I want you to grab their hand. And if you're by yourself, I want you to lift your hands to the heavens. And he did that which was right. Somebody say right. Right in the sight of the Lord. And he walked in the ways of David, his father. And declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. His fear of the age wanted him to look to the right, wanted him to look to the left. But he said, I'm not giving mine to the right nor to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, listen to this. He began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah. And Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. Josiah put some anchors in the ground and he influenced the nation. Mama, grandpa and grandma, single mama, single daddy, young adult, You may be the first one to do it, but put some anchors in the ground. Change some things. Make up in your mind that I'm going to be anchored. At 16 years of age, without a godly father or grandfather, he started seeking after the God of David. He purged his life from generational spirits. He anchored in the word. I told you. Don't do it because Pastor Darren said so. You get anchored in the word for yourself. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for yourself. He made a covenant with God. And I'm closing with this, and these altars are open. chapter 35, verse 18. And there was no Passover like that kept in Israel from the days of Samuel the prophet. Neither did all the kings of Israel keep such a Passover as Josiah kept. What are you trying to say, Pastor Darren? I'm trying to tell you this, the anchor holds. And you may be the first one to put in the anchor, but if you put in the anchor, the anchor's going to hold. If you put in the anchor, come on, your family's going to be separated from the world. Your daughter's going to be separated from the world they're going to live for God like you live for God they're going to serve God like you serve God they're going to come out from among them and be ye separate they're going to say hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord they're going to pray like you pray they're going to prostrate themselves before you and it can start with you and the anchor will hold if you'll make up in your mind to put in an anchor if you'll make up in your mind to put in the anchor of prayer and separation Come on, I know, Dad. Mama don't stand for it. But hey, keep a hold of the anchor. Keep a hold of truth. I know, Daddy, don't stand for it, Mama. He's not even around. Divorce came in. But you better hold on to the anchor. You may feel broken. You may feel brought out. You may be feeling like, I can't go any farther. But if you are in your weakness, be able to lift your hand. I'm still holding on to the anchor. I've been tossed to and fro. I'm weak. But I can still feel that I'm in a sure place. I'm anchored. I'm still going to be on course. When all of this is over and the boisterous waves stop, I'm going to still be on course. Oh, come on mom get a hold of the anchor is the spirit of this age is mine for your home and your family yes, the but you better hold on to the anchor of God this you better hold on to the anchor of truth Jesus. don't get weary in your will Come on, mama. Come on, mama. Where's the tear at? Why are you so heady and high-minded? Why are you unmoved? Your babies are going to be unmoved too. Daddy, don't get weary. Daddy, keep strong in faith. I know it wears you down. I know you feel like throwing in the towel. I know you want to give in. Babies are watching you, hold on to the anchor. Jesus. Yes, the Come on would you, lift your hands all across this building. If you're in the place and you want to get baptized, brother actually, sister Peter, are over here. They'll direct you where to go.